Krakoa Radio presents. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by my co-host. What co-host, baby, with the most? It's Josh, and we're coming to you. One of us is fully clothed, and the other one <laughs> is really hoping that we uh, start a Patreon. <laughs> but uh, as the fully clothed one, I just want to say hi, everybody. And um, if that is something you would pay money to see, I am currently recording. <laughs> If you want to see the hairy chest of Nick, (laughs) just, you know, my Venmo is (laughs) Uh, DMs are open, though, on Twitter and we can talk. All right. uh, Back to you, Nick. What's happening? (laughs) Um, Not wearing a shirt, man. That's what's not. Oh, I made that abundantly clear to our DMs. It's it's the kind of weekend after working a lot that I'm just not I'm not feeling a shirt right now. I'm just doing chill. I don't don't blame you, man. It is. here in my little corner of the mid-atlantic it has been it has been warm like consistently now for a few days very warm here today yep. yeah and like this is the first time since i've moved here that it's been warm for like four straight days <laughs> I, like i was doing legit lawn work today like sweating my ass off and like it's like wow this is what it was like every day of my life when i lived in south florida <laughs> just constant humidity and heat yep and now it's back. a lot of that today <laughs> yeah i'm sure man this time of year fuck so yeah welcome to our weather report um <laughs> this is what we do oh no is- sorry i'm already distracted because for a second the way you were leaned on this i kept thinking your arm was somehow reaching across the screen Whoa. <laughs> like it, it was it was weird i haven't even done anything yet it's fine these are these are all things that you can see if you pay us for patreon <laughs> five thousand a minute you can see us i know uh so first off we got what one up? announcement for our next episode oh, we will right. be covering this yeah <laughs> we will be covering avengers versus x-men to kind of have a retrospective on that before we get to Judgment Day. The Avengers versus the Eternals versus the X-Men. For Man. reasons that I have mixed feelings about that we'll get to later. <laughs> I feel, uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get well, there. I, I, if this is truly like the setup, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> these, these Eternals are about like 60 years late. <laughs> Kai, like what? <laughs> Oh, they did this one thing, and now they're an excessive mutation, and now genocide from our book from our team of heroes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there soon. Uh, but... We've just made a movie about these people, about how like <laughs> the movie is all about how oh let's let's enact our free will, and the first thing I read in like the comic book version is we can't help it. We have to commit genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, a lot of liberal use of the word deviant. Anyway, um, right. <laughs> I don't like it. What is Kieran Gillian doing? He's a uh, he's he's playing with fire, I think, right now. <laughs> well, speaking of the MCU, before we get to the books, as you listeners know, we like to talk about the movies and the TV shows. Oh, we do. And boy, oh boy, do you have a lot to talk about? We do. We're so we done. are only doing three comics this week because we have so much to talk about. 
Yeah. So if you uh, if you don't want to hear any of this, I'll I'll try to remember to put a timestamp for when it ends in there. But I'm gonna guess like I don't know, probably like try forty ish minutes. <laughs> yeah, see well, what see what's happening around there. It's mainly positive, so it might be quick <laughs> for me at least. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All but right. Before we even get into that, spoilers. Realize, yeah, spoilers. Give me a lot of spoilers. I realized this weekend. This is the first true test of M's not superhero movie fatigue, but MCU fatigue, because last month we had Moon Knight, right? This yeah. month we have Doctor Strange. Next month we have Miss Marvel. July we have Thor: Love and Thunder, and allegedly August we have She-Hulk. That is a that is easily the most consistent amount of MCU stuff we've ever had. I'm I'm happy about it. I love it too, but I could see like maybe a casual person being like, "What episode are we on of the MCU? I can't do this anymore." Yeah, well, like, I, how am I? And I have to keep up with all these things now. Like the whoever well, no, does a rewatch don't. now, it's going to be tricky. Whoever does the next like big rewatch, oh god, I now know. have to rewatch all the shows. So six hour movies, basically. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that when I did a rewatch not too long ago, I was like, "Fuck." Do I have to do these shows again too? Yeah, they're fully integrated. They're basically movies, just long version, which yeah. I'll get to talking about Moon Knight. Moon first. Knight. Yeah, let's do I it. really, really like Moon Knight. I um, thought it was a good show. Yeah, it, it grew. There were parts of it that I was like, meh, whatevs. But like overall, I liked it. I really liked that I it felt like every two episodes was a was a different movie yeah. in the sense of like. This is episode three and four are Moon Knight part two and five and six are the finale movie. Yeah, because the first two movies are all about Stephen and how he handles stuff in England. Second two more about Mark in Egypt, which I love really embracing and seeing the culture of Egypt and stuff I never knew about because the director is Egyptian. Yeah, of course, that adds a lot to it. And like you're seeing a much more vibrant and brighter side of a culture that we usually see a very generic yeah. Western view of. Yeah. So I sure. really, really like that. And then the last two episodes with the asylum stuff, flashing back with the Egyptian stuff. And of course, kaiju. Know, yeah. A kaiju battle, which, you know, both of us will love. Yes. Um, I don't know if we talked about last episode. Did we talk about the big um, episode five where you, like, you find out his origin story? I don't know if we did actually talk about it. Well, if we didn't, sorry for repeating ourselves, but that was heart wrenching. Good Lord. That might be right now, like one of the most darkest origin stories for any character. I know, like all of it, like honestly, it was both characters origin stories were heart wrenching. Yeah, the fact that you know what I mean? Like his, you know, Mark's loss and and abusive mother and then like abandonment issues and then, you know, Stephen not being real. Like those. Well, it's funny because I think as comic book fans, we forget that we're kind of in a bubble when it comes to outside knowledge. Yes. Mm-hmm. And my uncle was like, oh, wow. I thought Steven was the original. Now, in my head, I'm like, well, of course I knew Mark was. I read the comic and it's yeah. always been Mark. But yeah, the casual viewer has probably been totally shocked finding out Steven isn't quote unquote real. Yeah, because you know? we actually saw his life. Yeah. So yeah, I thought man. that was done so well. And man, Oscar Isaac's acting somehow got like better every episode. He was just bringing it. And Ethan Hawke too, like that oh, last yeah. episode when he was yeah. like the, his acting in front of like 
an, an imaginary alligator and like yeah. him getting all teary-eyed at like wanting to like feeling like a failure but like still like just accepting that this how much faith he had in what you know what i mean like real faith yeah he had like hey you want to kill me go ahead kill me right now i accept your but death. like there was also like the tears of like the like i've done all of this to be accepted to change and i'm hearing that it wasn't enough but also my faith is so strong that i still submit to to what it is you know what i mean like yeah there was so much there a lot with that i mean like again episode five was really the one where i, I think a lot of people also turned in a good way on the show after the episode because like you can't not feel for the character you just can't despite like, the fact that there's a ridiculous talking hippo you're still you know like what i was always so engaged by it because it looked so fucking real yeah i know the c the cg on moon Knight's suit was a little inconsistent sometimes yeah but not on the kaijus <laughs> no the crocodile lady looked amazing and the mm -hmm. hippo looked fantastic the little and, detail of how she would flick her ears sometimes yeah. mm -hmm. amazing and um no oh, fuck now i forgot the conchu yes and conchu like his was kind of like hit or miss sometimes too like went from yeah. looking like silly to like cool yeah but or in a suit or yeah <laughs> like it's like he saw steven's suit and went, that's a good idea I want that. Where am I? Still? Or Steven can only summon that suit because Kachu has worn it before. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And of course, the ending that we kind of all knew was coming, but not in that way. Yeah, of, right. Yeah. Of the, the third. Because I was, when the episode actually ended, I was like, oh, that's it? Like, he's just back in his bed? Like, where's Layla? What happened? Yeah. How did you get back there? And then, nope, we meet Jake Lockley, a Hispanic cab driver. <laughs> And he's happy because every time he blacked out in a violent way, it was most likely Jake. Yes. 100%. And I love in the last episode when they did the whole like face mind turn thing. I'm like, uh -huh. holy shit. And then everything is wrecked. Layla looks shocked. He already has the ax to Ethan Hawke's head. I'm like, that was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, what a good out too. you know what I yeah. mean? Like, we can save money and also uh -huh. you can still be almost more intrigued by the mystery than seeing a crazy fight scene where everything exactly is yeah, yeah and layla's costume looks fantastic oh my god yeah it I looked thinking, like i want that to be like the one that's in the next avengers team you know what i mean like i kind of think that's why they made her because yeah. um oscar isaac said like he's only signed on for the show yeah like for one season there's technically not a guarantee of a second season no i i don't think so either i think i mean at this point i think they have to do something because of the the way it ended yes but i could see an actor like oscar isaac saying like listen i just got a disney contract with star wars for the past whatever years mm -hmm. i'm not gonna dedicate myself one-on-one -on -one. i'll do this as it comes yeah basically um, but I know I really liked it. I thought Layla was great and I love how they built her character because they always made sure the show that she was never a damsel in distress. No, she was the one doing most of the saving. Yeah. And when she got the costume, I'm like, holy crap, did the MCU just make their first like original superhero? Yes and mm, no. A little bit, yeah. Like her father was what's called the black scare or the, the blue Scarlet. scarab or Scarlet, Scar Scarlet, yeah. Scarlet Scar scarab. Scar but like you know, for one second in the 50s, like nothing mm -hmm. like major, like she's essentially an original character. 
More or less, yeah. Yeah, which is really impressive. And I think they could be like, hey, actress who plays Layla, you're not doing anything. You want to be in Avengers, whatever, or maybe in Secret Invasion when it happens, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Because Secret Invasion is essentially going to be an Avengers movie. From what I'm hearing, like everyone's in it. Yeah, because I mean, I'm guessing it's got I'm I'm starting to guess Secret Invasion is probably going to have something to do with like incursions and shit, too, maybe. OK, so let's get to so. that. Yeah. We need to talk about the multiverse of madness. Now, me yeah. and you have not had a real conversation about it yet. We haven't. So this is going to be exciting. I absolutely loved this movie for reasons that I accept are very specific to me. Yeah. And I told you after I saw the movie, I could see a lot of people not liking this movie. I can too. Yes. One main reason. It is one of the most Sam Raimi movies you'll ever see. For Dude, you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, that move, that movie going in, I had that information already and I still was like, wow, they're uh, they're just Sam Raimi in the fuck out of this shit. Oh, I never want to hear that. Like Marvel stifles creators because this they, is proof. Uh, yeah, I mean, Thor Ragnarok and this are very much proof that they don't do that. You know, and I mean? Guardians, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. My, yeah. Both Guardians like, movies. Yeah. There is a Marvel formula, but when they really trust a visionary director, they say, okay, do your thing. Do you? Because I always imagined Sam Raimi wouldn't come back to superhero movies if he thought he'd had the same experience he had in Spider Man 3. Yeah. Where a studio is going to hover over the whole time, tell you what to do. No, you can tell he did what he wanted. And again, when it comes to reasons I love the movie specific to me, I grew up with movies like Evil Dead 1 to 3 or Army of Darkness. Uh, I grew up with Hercules and Xena, which were very Sam Raimi aesthetic. Yeah. Having those things. Oh, Darkman references, mm-hmm. Dragging Me to Hell references in this movie. So yeah. his style, I always grew up loving. And then on top of that, you have like the Danny Elfman score. Oh, my God. The over the topness of it all and the over topness yeah. over the topness of Danny Elfman's like just scores. Like they were so amazing, like comical, but like perfect, perfect because the color palette was very vibrant and bright. And essentially what I love most about some of these movies and like the same reason I love, let's say the Batman, every frame of this movie felt like I was flipping through a comic. This 100% is honestly one of the most comic book of the comic book movies to ever come out. And, and in just the way the pacing of this story is like not even like from a color palette like comic book because it very much did but like the pacing of this movie is like flipping through a comic book 100%. like you're here then you're at this mountain then your guy is here but your your other person is here and then you're flipped like really quick how do you get between them i don't know a gate sure fucking a gate pops up like well again that thanks to sam raimi because like okay how do we transition between this scene and that scene Oh, uh, smoke goes in and then Wong's face pops through the smoke leading to the next scene. Perfect. Sure. If you can do it, go for it. So another reason this movie specifically works for me is it references storylines for my favorite Marvel storyline, which is Hickman's Avengers run. Yeah. And they directly reference things from that run. And they bring in characters that are from that run in ways I never thought they'd bring them. And then number one, this movie is fucking brutal. This movie is hardcore. 
for a Marvel movie. I, I think people forgot it's, how hardcore PG-13 can be. This but this was, is the most hardcore for MCU. And, and scare. This is the scariest MCU. MCU. You know, <laughs> you MU, the- <laughs> I, dude, I'm fucking gone. Um, <laughs> toasted man. Um, this is was one of the most scary of the Marvel movies. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, well, the whole scene of Wanda, what they call it, dreamwalking or sleepwalking, yeah. whatever, into the house of a different Wanda. That was purely uh evil dead oh 100 i mean yeah. the very beginning of the movie where like america gets strung up yeah by the creature is like straight up an evil dead like the tree you know what i mean like yeah the way oh, yeah, the, the, the tree, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah no it, it was like when when strains traps wanda in the mirror dimension and she like uses reflections yeah to get out and then she like pop through pop like comes out like ringu yeah like it's fucking that is nightmare material and it's like but of, done what? so perfectly because like it's still like if you are like a 10 year old this movie is like probably or like bit, nine yeah. bit much but like if you sneak and watch it you mean if you're 13, like PG 13? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But like if you're like too young for this movie, but you still see it, it'll screw you up in the same way that like it messed us up. Or yeah. you know what I mean? Like it it wasn't, it's not the worst thing you could possibly see. No. But it's so fucking like it's so messed up that like for a kid, that like a, a good scare for a kid too. And like well, I think that's um, hard to do. Even PG-13 movies that are like, let's say, horror movie, PG-13, they can be more graphic. But when you put those elements in a superhero world that so many people have grown up with for the past, mm-hmm. what, 15 years? Yeah. Like, it takes something, it takes a place you're comfortable and kind of spins it a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> and let, I mean, you, you wanted to talk about the brutality, man. Like, well, like, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Wanda the immediate kind of like mini twist that she's already the bad guy. Yeah. When she said America's name and then realized mm-hmm. strange never said her name, which I yeah. didn't catch when I watched it. And I, was I like, did. Oh shit. We, when, when, as soon as she said it, I was like, Oh fuck. Like immediately I was like, Oh, she, he didn't say her name. Shit. Yeah. And like That's, everything around them changes. Starts decaying. Like, yeah, because at the end of WandaVision, she already has the dark hold. So it makes sense that she's already going to be corrupted. Can you tell like, that to all the people that said this is a character assassination? Here's what I will say. Because you know, I very much, I, I love Wanda. I, especially the, the movie version of her. I think she gets a bad rap. And I mm. think she gets done dirty in both the comics and the movies all the time. <laughs> yes. This feels real. Like her character in here is the character that is Wanda. Yeah. She is as many times a bad guy as she is a good guy. And if you're like, if you're trying to wrap yourself around, well, she already grew at the end of WandaVision. Why is she backsliding? Because she's going through the stages of grief. How about she's at the bargaining stage right now? She has the dark hold, has a way to bargain her way to get her fucking kids back. And she's doing it because we've already established that she's willing to fuck around to get what she wants. And And also they've established many times in the movie 
the book makes you go crazy. And the book amplifies that. Like she is being corrupted. Xavier found her in her own head. Yeah. She, she was, was still there. <laughs> yeah. Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's talk about a scary ass scene. Oh my God. All right. Let's get to the, the big thing that, which some people need to get their heads on straight. I'm happy this movie wasn't cameo filled because that oh, would yeah. make it stupid. One of the things I love about No Way Home is there wasn't cameos. Real other than Daredevil, everyone mattered to the story. Yes. There weren't just pointless cameos. And this movie gave you pointless cameos, gave you fodder cameos. Exactly. Like they weren't fully pointless, but they were cameos, but they could be hints to the future. So let's go over them one by one. Let's do it. We have when they went to one of the other multiverse places. 838. They, uh, what was it? 838. 838. They meet parallel Mordrew, who's basically the same Mordrew, except with dreads. He decided to grow his hair out in this universe. Yeah. Multiverse of madness. Um, madness, my dear friend. Uh, they find out that their strange in that universe is dead. But, but first, but first, you have to meet Bruce Campbell selling pizza balls. You mean Pizza Papa? Pizza Papa. <laughs> It's Pizza Papa. <laughs> Which, dude, I for a second thought, holy show, they're going to make him Doctor Strange in this universe because I will cry. <laughs> I, I was going to freak out, too. And, like, honestly, the fact that, like, okay, so, like, Strange curses him to where his hands start, like, beating yeah. himself up. Like, oh, his hands are getting the best of him again. Yep. I, I am still disappointed. I understand the it's over reference at the second stinger i love i am so disappointed that he didn't like in order to overcome it put like put a pizza cutter on his hand (laughs) and like a zoom in shot of him trying to cut his hand off with a pizza cutter yeah like get like ah that would have been so perfect but he did literally almost exactly what he did in evil dead yes i know which was great and everything yeah like yeah i loved it like that already i'm already happy at that moment but there's something i told my girlfriend pizza we watched the movie I said, we have a feeling we're going to get the Illuminati. Thank you, that one TV spot that wanted to spoil shit, which was weird. Yeah, whatever. But I'm like, if they mention incursions from my favorite storyline of Avengers Hickman era, if they mention incursions, I'm going to flip the fuck out. They show the Illuminati and they mention incursions. And me and my girlfriend flipped the fuck out. I'm like, they're doing incursions. They're fucking doing incursions. Not only that, but they like showed incursions too. Yeah, dude. So in this universe, their Doctor Strange beat Thanos by using the Darkhold and knew he was going to go crazy and kill people because when he used the Darkhold, he caused an incursion, which in the Hickman books meant either one world or two worlds died. And the only way to stop an incursion is to blow up one of those worlds, which would kill that entire universe. Yes. So pretty big deal. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. bit. So Black Bolt vaporizes that character. Let's talk about Black Bolt first. They get the same actor who played him in that fucking awful TV show. They gave him his full name too. What what is this? Blackagar Boltagon. Yeah. I was about to cry. I'm like, he's in full classic ridiculous costume. They just said his whole name. Yes. Right then and there. This is amazing. And after a second, I'm like, is that the same actor? Holy shit, it is. Uh, Anson Mount, I think his I name is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he's fantastic in everything. Like he was good in that bad show. It was just a bad show. Yes. And currently, he's Captain Pike in Strange New Worlds, which is absolutely. Fantastic. Oh shit, that's right. Oh, the first episode. It is the most Star Trek Star Trek has been since like Voyager. Is it good? 
really good. All right, I'll check it it's out. It's really, really, really good. Um, so he was first, and you know what? We'll do all their character arcs right now. He was first and also first to die. Yes. Because when Wanda popped in, and for some reason, Reed Richards tells Wanda he can vaporize you in one word. What mouth? Oh, my and God. And then she he tries mag- to say something. <laughs> and she magics his mouth away, and he tries to say something. And his head fucking pops. <laughs> He blows up his own fucking mind. And not like, even pops. Even no. worse, it like pops inward and deflates. Yes. Like he implodes his fucking head. Thank you. Implodes. Holy crap. That was so fucking crazy. So good. All right. Then next. we have um, not technically the what if version, but a version of Captain Carter. Yes, so Agent Carter. If she got that's, the Super Soldier Serum, that's a uh, good to clarify because yes, that is important in this. <laughs> because we see her, which every good Captain America type character has to introduce himself by throwing the shield into the scene. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'm here. Chuck a shield. Uh, <laughs> Heads Haley up, motherfucker. Atwell. Haley Outwell looks fantastic. God, she's as always. Fucking, how does she stay <laughs> like she stays in like Captain Carter shape all the time? Basically, she's well, she's gonna be like the female lead in the newest Mission Impossible. So maybe uh, a lot of action be, scenes with that, which maybe. is another thing I'm excited about because those movies are fucking great. Yeah. Like t- say what you will about Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible movies fucking rock. Um then <laughs> when she faced Wanda for way too long, but when she faced Wanda, throwing yeah. her shield around, I did like how she was like running against the shadows and kind of running on the smoke and you couldn't hear her footsteps, like yeah, yeah. smarter, but also yeah. Your super strength have a shield. Yeah. Uh, Wanda kills her by throwing her shield through her body. <laughs> and she fucking cuts her in half. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So there goes Captain Carter. Carter. We have Captain Marvel if Monica Rambeau instead of Carol Danvers got the powers. Yes. Which I would love to know more about, but don't worry about it. She's going to get the shit beat out of her and then a, a statue is going to be dropped on her. Yeah, I don't think she's dead, by the way. She should survive that, I would yeah. imagine. I like if she's Captain Marvel, she's surviving that. And also to clarify, a lot of people kept saying, like, well, then that universe has no heroes. This is the Illuminati. They still yeah. describe Captain Carter as the first Avenger. Meaning- yes, they still have the Avengers. They still yeah. have, I guess, the X-Men. Probably, yeah. Um, well, speaking of which, let's get to yeah. Something that was partially spoiled in the fucking TV spot, which really pissed me off. There was a TV spot where we, we all knew Xavier was going to be in this, but in the spot, they have like a glimpse of his yellow chair. Yes, which is like, the first time in live action he's yeah. had the yellow chair. I would have loved to be surprised by that. Right? That would have been a hell of a surprise. I think that was a tweet I had when they did that, which yes. is, I'm so glad I know about this. I would have hated to be surprised. And like, apparently... Um, Kevin Feige said like we don't run the TV spots only the main trailer and a separate group does TV spots and it's like then fucking fire them yeah because that TV spot had agent uh, Captain Carter's shield and a piece of Xavier's uh, hover chair fuck that I wanted that to be a surprise to me that's the TV spot being afraid no one's going to show up for Doctor Strange or some shit you know what which I mean is, like- which obviously was dumb because yeah. it made half a billion in its first week. Yeah, and it's still number one this weekend. Yeah, there's a weird narrative happening this week where it's like, oh, it dropped 81%. When it, it didn't, it dropped 
of its opening day, which is normal. And also, it still made half of... There's a weird internet thing where if you don't make a billion, you're a failure. It's like, that's not reality. It's just Marvel makes so much fucking money <laughs> that it became the standard. Yeah. But we'll get to the internet reactions in a second. So we have Xavier. We have Patrick Stewart back as Xavier in a fucking green suit in a yellow hover chair and has the woo-woo-woo-woo like waves yeah. coming from his mind when he does stuff. Yeah. Holy crap, dude. Pure 90s X-Men Xavier yep. right there in live action, which also tells me they're doing that because the new version you get in the MCU is not going to be that. Nope. That's exactly what I think is happening black. too. Yeah. The both main guys are probably going to be black. Sorry, people. Sorry, internet. Yeah. You can't be a Holocaust survivor in this year. You'd be no. too fucking old. <laughs> but yeah. a civil rights activist from the 60s. I happens. I still think they don't know what the fuck they're doing. I don't think they know how they're getting the, the mutants in. I heard somewhere that they are having like some kind of writer retreat for the Marvel they are, movies. Yeah. And I think that's probably why. Like, how the fuck do we get the mutants in here? I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, he said they're going to do like a big or they're doing a big um, writer's retreat playing the next 10 years he said yeah yeah which yeah you should it's the biggest franchise in the world you might as well do something yeah um so when he tries to help wanda by going in her mind to find the real wanda the inner part without the dark hold influence she's like trapped under rubble and he can't pull her out and then wanda uh evil wanda pops up behind him and snaps his neck (laughs) snaps it and like she's got like a kind of a demon face on too when she pops up from behind some smoke well she was covered in blood the whole time but you know it's oil from the ultron drones but it kind of looked like blood it looked a lot like blood (laughs) that was Um, the middle ground that was that was the compromise probably for that scene yeah. yeah that was fucking violent as shit and then uh there was our somebody last else. Reveal. Yes, our last reveal, the true shock of the whole event. Yeah, right. Uh, Reed Richards, played by John Krasinski. So stupid. Which is what, you know I, what? I know people wanted that back in the day. but I'm All right, glad. so I have a few opinions about that. That's why I saved it for last. It obviously, it does work, especially for this Reed Richards, the Hickman style Reed Richards. Yeah. Because I did like the way he was performing. He was performing very like, I'm tired. I'm beaten down. Yeah. Like you can see it still weighs on him that they had to kill their friend. Yeah. They didn't want to kill Dr. Strange of their universe, but they knew they had to. So I did like that. I liked that. I liked the way he looked. I liked the choice. I think he will be the official Reed Richards in no, the I universe. Don't so. I don't think if, so. If he's not, that'll be very interesting to be like, here's the internet's choice for five minutes for whatever we paid him. Yeah. I think that's what I honestly think it is what it is. I think, think, it's, so? think it's I think it's their way it? of I think it's their way of saying here have fun with this and then we can make our own Reed Richards now like we can that'll be interesting I don't know if you heard um, apparently he wasn't the first choice to play Reed Richards with that scene mm. the first choice is very weird and I'm glad it didn't work out I guess for scheduling or whatever who was it Daniel Craig that's dumb I'm glad that didn't work. Yeah, that doesn't feel right to me. I'll tell you who apparently he's going to end up playing in the MCU soon uh, off air because it's a spoiler for something else. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, that would have been really weird if it was Daniel Craig in a Fantastic Four suit <laughs> with yeah, his potato head. 
Dude, that doesn't make sense to me at all. It's blowing yeah. my mind. Honestly. So I, I'm happy, even if it doesn't continue, I'm happy we got to see it as fans. It was cool. It was a nice moment. Um, I'm I was fully thinking we were gonna get like you know the the uh original Fantastic Four movie Reed Richards. Yeah, I could I, I didn't know what I knew Reed would be in it because of all the Illuminati nonsense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was trying to I, I didn't know where they would go with it. I didn't like for all I knew, it was going to be the the dude who played Kang. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I thought all those work for what they're supposed to. Oh, sorry. And how he dies. Is he getting gets spaghettied. Spaghettied and then his head literally pops. <laughs> like. <laughs> it's fucking insane. It, that was pretty. Like, all of that was so abrupt and crazy. And like, huh. Like, <laughs> like oh, we heard fucking <laughs> so scary. Like, she did. They portrayed her so perfectly as so as scary yeah and by the end of the movie i really liked how this version of strange said i'm not gonna try and kill this kid i'm gonna show her i trust her yeah while he's you know casually possessing a zombie version of himself while he's doing some necromancy (laughs) while while controlling spirits to make a cape (laughs) yeah sure why (laughs) not like that's when i felt like he was Hey, by the way, I'm Sam Raimi. So this corpse in this universe oh, yeah. is going to uh-huh. get attacked by demons because he's doing necromancy and he'll Obviously. turn them into a cape. Yep. And then yeah. honestly, my favorite part of this entire film, I liked basically everything, but the fight between Strange and Strange. The actual Oh, the, the music one? Yes. Oh my God. I've never seen anything like it. It was gorgeous. And the, so, the score... The, the cinematography, the fucking graphics, the color, all of it. Again, this is not the what if strange like a lot of us thought it was. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be too. A different strange that went evil with the dark hold, but also apparently went to every universe killing. Was it killing Dr. Strange's or killing Christine's? Killing Strange's. Strange's because they had a Christine or something. Or, 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 yeah, I don't really. I, didn't, I, I didn't think it was because they had a Christine. Okay. Like, that's what it was. And. That fight scene, when it happened, one of my complaints about the original Doctor Strange was that I felt like it needed more magic, not yeah. like shields and portals. Like, give me some magic. Yeah. And when we had him fight Thanos, he showed some magic. Mm-hmm. This knocks all that shit out of the water. Yeah, that was a fucking fun-ass scene. When the music notes started falling, and then he just lit them up and then chucked them like knives, yeah. and then you hear the dun-dun-dun-dun from yep. the other one, I'm <laughs> like, this is genius. Yeah, it this was such a, it was a cartoon. Fights. Yeah. It was a fucking cartoon, and it was perfect. A hundred percent. I was like, that was the point of the movie where like, this is my top ten. This is going to be my top ten now. It's Yeah, it's t- top ten works for me. Not, I don't think probably like the it gets harder half. every time it Anytime gets I make the, a good movie it gets harder and harder but yeah it's in my top 10 firmly yeah because that like it was so just people always say style over substance as a negative but there are occasions where it's a positive because the substance is still there but yeah the, the substance was so fine good. yeah like the story is whatever the story is and it's fine it's a it's a fine story on its own but this movie works because of the the vibes and the style and the art and like yeah 
because one of the reasons I don't really care for the Ant-Man movies is because I feel like it doesn't have enough style to elevate yeah. the the lack of substance. No, it's it's got a lack of substance and it's pulling from a generic early Iron Man style. You know Basically. what I mean? Like, and the few scenes that were made by um, shit, who was the original director before he left? The guy who did oh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, fuck, uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. The scenes that he wrote that were used in that first movie were yeah. the most creative ones. Like when um, they were fighting in the briefcase and the iPod got hit. Oh, yeah. Play the like cure. That was his idea. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like creative shit like that. I feel like that's what Sam Raimi brought to the film. <clears throat> and then, of course, a Sam Raimi ending. Walking down the street, you feel fulfilled. You feel happy. And a third eye <laughs> grows on your head and the yeah. camera spins. <laughs> and then that's the end of the movie. The end. Until you see Charlie Theron. As- Until you see Clea. Well, I remember for a second, I'm like, who the fuck is that? And a guy in the audience in my theater went like, is that an eternal? <laughs> like, who is that? Is and that then an it took me a second. I'm like, oh, okay. White hair. Clea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. The purple it gave it away from me. It still uh, legit took me a second. I was yeah. like, oh, Charlie's there. And that's cool. Even though it kind of speaks to what they're reaching in for the MCU. When an A-list actor like Charlie's Theron a gorgeous great actor has to play a character who's like d-list <laughs> yeah right like yeah when they, they bring in the mutants fully they have plenty of more characters that people recognize to pull from now but like charlie's theron is playing clea yeah and those and those bigger roles will probably go to lesser known people because that way marvel is like this is our person now Oh yeah, like younger actors to play any yeah. of these mutants, so they guarantee they're not going to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, I I give it. You know, let, let's keep in our standards. Uh, this, is I give the, it five, this is the five X's. Yes. Yeah, I'll give it uh, five X's fully. <laughs> five out of five X's. You know, you know. I think if you'd asked me right after I saw it, I probably would have said four. But I think in high and like thinking back on it, five X's for sure. It was that's it was what really did good. it to me too. The more I thought about it, the happier I was with it. Yeah. Unlike other movies, when you think about it and go, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, Peter's yeah. spell doesn't really make sense. Like, yeah, in this movie, it doesn't either because, like, does Doctor Strange, like, does Doctor Strange, what does Doctor Strange remember of that spell? Like, because he yes. remembers the multiverse stuff. The trailer was kind of misleading intentionally. It made you think Strange did a big spell and now the Illuminati is pissed at him when he didn't do any spell. It's actually no, 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 I, no. That's not what I'm saying. Like. When he's in the diner talking about Spider-Man with America and Wong. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, what does he remember about that spell? <laughs> well, I imagine he remembers, like, if he said Peter, I would have yes. been that And then I had to remember, too, that the spell was really just people For forget Peter. Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, I, I, The more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And it's one of the very few movies, honestly, that I'm like, I can't wait to watch that again. Like. Mm-hmm. It's a two-hour-plus movie. That no, it's not. It's it's pretty much just two hours. It's almost exactly it's two, two hours. hours. Yeah, yeah it's, it's two hours. It doesn't feel like two hours. But honestly, in this day and age, a two-hour movie is not that long. That you know? too. Like we got like but, two and a half-hour ones, three-hour ones. Now, like the movie starts with the with the Shumagorath monster yeah. and never stops. Just pedal to like yes, pedal to the metal like a Sam Raimi movie like. I do wonder what the original full edit was because apparently they cut like 40 minutes from the movie. I wonder if they'll ever do 
because Marvel so far hasn't really done like any like no director's cut version. Thing, yeah, because yeah. that because they're so tight with their mythology, it adds so many questions. Does that yeah. count? Is that canon? Yeah, but, that's a good point. That's a very good point. But with that, like the movie's so tight and fast paced and fun. I do wonder what the little elements were because there were like a lot of rumors about the original cut and stuff like that. But either way, like the final product is so good. Yeah. And sorry, internet, you fan casted Tom Cruise's Iron Man. They never promised you that. No, they never even promised you Iron Man. (laughs) You know how many people made YouTube videos about how Marvel lied? We want this cameo and that cameo. And they thought this and that leaked photo was real, but it was just bad Photoshop. And they're pissed at Marvel for it. Like you can't have every movie be Endgame. Like that's so stupid, man. Like, like Jesus Christ. I I I don't know what to do with nerds, man. (laughs) Anyway, we're gonna go back to the X Men world now. We are covering X Men number ten. Yeah. Um. Was it Knights of X number one? That's correct. Knights of X, and then the free comic book day uh, preview for uh, Judgment Day, which is X Men versus Avengers versus uh, Eternals. Which yeah. I have a lot to say about that. So yeah. you, I'm sure. So let's kick things off with X-Men 10. And we've mentioned in the past that a lot of these issues have been kind of like focused on one or two characters for that issue. And that happens again in this one for Laura, uh, formerly mm-hmm. X-23, now Wolverine. And I can't forget that because today, by a stroke of luck, I got the Marvel Legends X, uh, Wolverine figure of Laura, two heads, one without a mask, and it's a beautiful figure, and I can't wait to display it. That's my thing today. Nice. So the book opens up with them resurrecting uh, Wolverine, and there is a little bit where Proteus is like, yeah. "Oh wait, she doesn't have antimantium bones, <laughs> just her claws." Yeah. <laughs> so our. So for now, all her bones are antimantium, right? Yes. Yeah, that must be fun. And that's referenced again a few times from different characters. We then cut to Rogue watching um, Elon Musk from afar. <laughs> Forgot his name again. Dr. Stasis? Oh, yeah, yeah, Dr. Stasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. she's, yeah. Yeah, because last time we saw, he just started building a colony on a moon next to Mars. <laughs> yes. And we find out that he's basically bringing in regular people so they don't get blown up. Yeah, he's yeah. What do they call him? Human shields. Basically, a PR disaster. <laughs> then we have one little problem. There's some antimantium on there, and not just bones, because apparently they have enough of Wolverine's bones to like what is like make a fence or something. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's a woman living with antimantium bones, and immediately. Are they are they saying that she thought they kidnapped Honey Badger, or made or, a clone of her, or there was another clone made somewhere of of them, and yeah. she knows what it's like to be scared and alone? You know what I mean? Like she's, I think I don't think she thought it was necessarily Honey Badger. I I took it to mean she thought there was yeah another clone of hers, yeah, out there, yeah. And I do love the little moment between her and Jean, where it's basically like her being like, "Do you think I was asking?" Like, yeah. Like, I'm gonna go, and that's about it. Like, you stop Wolverine. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, she says, like, try and stop me. Like, see how that's gonna work out for you. So she goes to Dr. Stasis's um, compound, basically, while he's giving a tour to a bunch of kids and letting him go back through a portal. 
She's looking for this mysterious woman at Antimantium, and it is Lady Deathstrike. Uh, we have not seen her in quite a quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and we find out she's not healing the same because the Antimantium's killing her. And they drop a point. I think Laura's the one who says it that it's gonna kill them all one day. Yeah. And I find that really interesting because we know like stuff like Logan, the movie, or old man Logan, there is always that theme that eventually his healing factor can't stop the antimantium, the metal poison. Yeah. I do find it interesting that it's happening to Lady Deathstrike now because she's not nearly as old as Wolverine. No, but Wolverine's probably got better healing factor. Well, I'm wondering if this maybe is an experiment by Dr. Stasis. Like he's the one who's infecting her. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's she's been experimented on. So exactly. We gotta we gotta assume so. Because I think she said she came to him because she was dying. And then he just kind of stuck in that thing. Yeah, yeah. And she immediately thought that she was sold to the X-Men, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no, I don't I didn't come here for you, but if you want to come, let's go. Like and I do like her reaction like after fighting. And she's like, listen, you're trying to fight me. It's going to happen the same way it happened last time we fought, which I think was in the crossover book when her and Dakin met for the first time. I think it's literally called X-23 versus Dakin. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is like way back, like early to mid 2000s. Um, but she does put out a hand like, all right, let's go. Because Lady Deathstrike doesn't understand i don't think at this point what krakoa is and it like, doesn't seem like it yeah the unity that's happening right now yeah so i like that she's like all right i know you're a villain whatever but let's go like that's what it is so eventually stasis knows that they're there and he opens an airlock to suck them into space and then if i remember correctly it's been a minute rogue runs around the earth slingshotting herself or flies she, sorry she flies super fast and she slingshots basically through a Krakoan gate from like wherever she is to like Mars or something. And then yeah. like has to like fly around. <laughs> yeah, cool. Very comic booky, very cool. Uh, catches them. They heal Lady Deathstrike with Wolf. Like, I guess one of the Wolverines is blood. They say which one? I think when they say Wolverine now, they're talking about her. Okay, good. Um, so with better, younger, regenerative blood. So hopefully they can fix high octane Wolverine blood. (laughs) Yeah. As she calls it. Uh, I think. Yeah. So Laura says like, all right, you can stay if you want. And she's like, nah, God, I'm going to leave. It's, it's, it's fine. Um, Then we have destiny. Talk to rogue about everything going on with the big grand game that's happening. And she's like, well, he knows someone who can give you answers. Right. Am I getting that right? Yeah. She does. Destiny is like basically telling Rogue, you got to leave him. He's no good. Well, You're wasting that, yeah. your talents here. <laughs> and then she and Rogue says to her, talk about wasting your talent. You have all the answers to how we're failing and you're going to choose to not do anything. And so that's when I, that's when Destiny's like, oh, whatever. Oh, by the way, this game world you're looking for. Uh, ask, ask your husband's like poker buddy. He knows where it's at. Yeah. And that's when they that's when she realizes it's uh, none other than Rocker Raccoon, who's Rocker very Raccoon. badly hiding that he knows everything about this. Yeah, because he's currently on Game World. Yeah. <laughs> like when like, you when they cut to him, he's on Game World right yeah. now. <laughs> and I'm, it, it's weird because like now I'm excited because like, OK, it's 
able for other people to get to game world. So you know what? X-Men are going to attack game world probably head on. That's going to be so fun. And that's how the book ends. Like, great book. Five X's. Five X's. Such a fun book. Uh, uh, Gary Duggan is doing a great job with this book. This is yeah. issue 10. And like we said since the beginning, this is the fast-paced action book. But the mm-hmm. quiet moments are still very loud. So good. Yeah. So good. There's so many, like, good character moments, too. All right. Oh, so mm-hmm. I get, yeah, we said five X's. So yes. next up, we have Knights of X number one. I did not read this yet, so please oh, okay. keep oh, regaling cool. so, me in the fairy tales will... of these X-Men. Of Excalibur. Okay, yes. so this is just a continuation of Excalibur. Yeah, it's Excalibur number 20, whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah. So we just um, <clears throat> we just started renumbering them, basically. Yeah. So um, be- because you don't keep up with it, I'll remind you of how Excalibur ended. Um, the gate the Krakoan gate to other world was, was destroyed by the council. The council mm-hmm. thought it was too dangerous to still have that gate. So they destroyed it right when uh, King Arthur and Merlin were taking over other world. So Betsy chose to stay behind with the captain Britain Corps in other world to help defend the people there. And then the gate was destroyed and everyone thought, well, that's it. We're never going to see Betsy again. So we open in uh, Avalon, which is part of Otherworld. And there's crazy big uh, night furies who are now the size of sentinels chasing a young mutant we met not too long ago named, uh, ironically enough, Joshua. He's the one that looks like the Jersey Devil. Mm. He was living with the vampires last we saw him having a good time. He didn't want to go back to Krakoa before, but now in as he's being hunted down, a who we think is our Captain Britain, but it's not. It's one of the many Betsy clones there. Or not clones, but uh, speaking of the multiverse, the multiversal uh, Betsy's in their Captain Britain form comes and rescues him and takes him back to... Oh, side note real quick. Mm-hmm. Um knowing how important the captain Britons are to the multiverse. Do you think we'll see them soon? Maybe even before the X-Men. I don't know. It's completely possible, especially because how this book ends Mm. and the, um, the ending of eternals with the, uh, the black sword or the ebony sword or whatever it's called. So if you notice the MCU is being very smart, how I talk about characters in the comics, because Clea right now, is the source of supreme is doctor strange <laughs> yeah she's she is the source of supreme in the main book and then all yes. of a sudden we see her in the movies they have changed iron fist to an asian character he's passed on the mantle to a brand new asian character yes. probably because no one likes the current iron fist in the in mcu obviously and they want to bring in a more culturally appropriate character for that like i think that's all planned out there in the comics first like the testing round i do believe as as we've established a lot of magic now and the multiverse in the MCU, um, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if we get some Captain Britain shit. Mm. Corporate we, synergy, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, that it, it will be at that point that I my mind blows. I'll be like, <laughs> we have gotten. We have gotten so far down this rabbit hole that we're now King Arthur shit in Marvel movies. Like yeah. we're like, 
oh my god it's all happening <laughs> i just wish kit harrington wasn't like the worst part of that movie <laughs> oh my god i know kit what just, are you doing? just just to say hey we're still in the mcu don't forget <laughs> yeah oh god kit anyway um so this captain britain saves young uh, jersey devil guy and brings him to the safe hold on Avalon, which was basically, you know, the castle that her brother Jamie lived in for a while. Um, and there we see the whole Captain Britain Corps. Everyone's got, you know, their mission right now. One of the more powerful psychic versions is trying to find a way through reality to get back to um, Krakoa so that they can get reinforcements to come here and help. They're not finding a way through. Saturnine is very upset with Betsy because she's not taking care of her and attacking Merlin. Instead, she's going around just saving mutants. Because Betsy Merlin's crazy in this universe. He's a bad guy. Merlin's bad now. Very, yes, very bad. Yeah. Bad. He tortures. Very, people. very bad. And, and and King Arthur hates mutants because his son is a mutant. And in, in legend, his son is going to usurp him. Ah. Um, and Betsy basically straight up tells her, she's like, hey. I didn't actually stay behind to save your ass. I stayed behind because there's mutants in other world as well. And I'm trying to rescue them. <laughs> um, and she's like, you know, you're a mutant too. You might want to fucking help basically. Yeah. And so Betsy storms out and heads off to see none other than lady Roma, who is Merlin's daughter and longtime friend of the X-Men. And she is basically like, you know, no one writes Betsy as posh as Teeny Howard does. And it's perfect. Mm. So like she's there. She's like, my lady, she's like regaling her and drinking champagne with her saying, I need more troops. And uh, uh, Roma's like, yeah, I'm I'm a fairy. So I troops I don't have. (laughs) And most of the ones I did have we're just murdered by Merlin. So um, I can't help you there. But as a fairy, I have really powerful magic that I can only use, though, in in a whimsical way. So you have to go on a journey and and you can take 10 of your mutants with you. And like she opens like this portal so that Betsy can select other members of her team that also need to go through some personal journey as well. So like, it's all this like fairy tale shit that is like so fucking perfect. And so she picks Richter and Shatterstar Bay, the blood moon, Doug's wife. Uh, Oh, rude. (laughs) I know. She's like, um, all right, I'll help though. And then she's like, but I don't, she says at some point, she's like, I do not like leaving my husband for this. We just got married, so this better be good. <laughs> uh, Gambit, who's feeling lonely because Rogue is out doing X-Men shit all, all the time and he doesn't get to participate. So he, he gets called into action. Uh, Rachel Summers, because she is full-on crushing on Betsy these days, so like she's nice. going to be there in a heartbeat. And then um, Jubilee comes, and she's like, I want in on this. My baby won't wake up. Like, because remember, Shogo would turn into a dragon in Otherworld. Well, now that he's not in Otherworld, he just sleeps all the time and he won't wake up. And like Betsy looks in his mind and in his mind, he's dreaming of Otherworld, like he's still a dragon. Hmm. And so she's like, maybe the cure is in Otherworld. And so they all and then there's that's still not enough. And Betsy's like, oh, 
I have one other mutant I want for my team, but I need to go speak to the five to get it to work. She uh, resurrects um, King Arthur's son in, in this world because yeah. he's, he's dead now. So he, he, she resurrects him, but because he is from other world, he might not come back the same as oh, he left, yeah. but she's like, whatever. I need him on the team because he's basically how I'm going to scare the shit out of Arthur by having him around. Yeah. And so they go, Oh, Megan's there too, obviously the, um, And so they go to the five, they add a little bit of water from uh, some magical water from other world to see to the egg, to see if it will help. And then it works. Somebody's somebody is resurrected and burst out of there, but takes off before they can see who it was. And so we as a reader right now are like, so I guess he's out there somewhere. Like is but how did he come back? How did the how did the son of Merlin come back? And where did he go? I mean not Merlin, Arthur. And so basically Betsy's like, fuck, all right. Well, that didn't work. Um, we gotta go back. Uh Jubilee, come with us, bring your kid, we're gonna go. And everyone teleports back, but jubilee gets stuck like she doesn't go but shogo goes (laughs) and like so and someone they they write this off by saying this is fairy magic this quest is not for jubilee it is for her son (laughs) and so that's why she's not invited to the party but they all get rad remember when they went to Otherworld before and they got like new outfits and stuff yeah they all get rad outfits and like rachel's is like full-on like phoenix force looking shit it's pretty cool nice yeah and so uh yeah the gang is together they're gonna um try to save as many mutants as they can they go to find help from old time excalibur teammate kylon who is an otherworld mutant who has not been seen in the pages of comics as far as i know since like 1980 something jeez so like he comes he comes popping back out to join excalibur and they basically like all right let's go fucking take this fight to king arthur and they're getting in this battle to try to save some mutants these fairy sentinels come down they're gonna fucking like kill all the witch breed which is what they call mutants when a black knight with a sword comes and starts and starts fighting everyone and king arthur sees who it is and he's like it can't be and so he pulls a retreat as this knight slaughters a bunch of these people king arthur's people disappear the mutants come firing in to find out what the hell's going on here. The guy gets off his horse and he pledges his sword to Captain Britain and says, my lady, I am called Mordred, which is the name of King Arthur's son. He's like a teenager now. He has no idea who the fuck he is. And he's just like, I found this sword and I want to be a knight. Oh, and I, okay. I want to help save this land. And so they basically are like, all right. You're on our team now. We knight you. And as soon as he joins the team, a crack of lightning comes down and Roma is like, now your mission can begin. And they're like, oh shit. All right. What do we have to do? <clears throat> they have to go find the fucking siege perilous. The, the fucking thing that Roma gave the X-Men way back in the day that when you, you can step through it like a portal and basically like be where, where you need to be and erase all the bad things that have happened or start over. And so they have to go find it's a checkpoint. It's a video game checkpoint. 100%. They have to go find this checkpoint that Chris Claremont made a long time ago. Oh shit. And so it ends with Merlin being pissed off at Arthur. He's like, 
we can't let them find the fucking siege perilous. You have to go stop these dirty mutants. And that's how the book ends. Huh. And I'm and I'm hooked. It's 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 uh it's right up my alley. It's very Excalibur. It looks like they're gonna dive deeper into like the magical elements of of Otherworld too, which is gonna be fun. Is that a is that a five Xer for you? It's a it's you know what it's a four Xer. Four Xer because okay. they're still like still a little ham fisted in some places, you know. Like, I gotta, think I would give it a shot if it was exclusively a Captain Britain book. Like a little well, more focused, you know. I will say, I mean, Betsy is Captain Britain right now, and it is basically her book. No, no, I mean, like, she's the central character, but also the character. Like, the, I, for some reason, the team aspect of Excalibur just doesn't do it for me. But I'm always more engaged in the Betsy stuff. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I'm here. I hear you. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be very Betsy heavy. Um, but yeah, they, it, it's very much going to, hopefully, if it's done right, like, kind of be like X-Men where, like, each each issue might have like a little bit of one of the other characters journeys along the way as well. But yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm looking forward to, to seeing some more. Okay. So the next book we're going to talk about because it's a free comic book day preview. I don't think it's fair to give it like X's or anything. Just a no, preview. it's no, it's a, it's a setup. Yeah. But I do want to talk about it because I think I'll have a little better knowledge on what's happening currently in the grand in the grand uh, comic book universe. Yes. So we're going to talk about Judgment Day. Now, I'm trying to catch up right now on the main Avengers book. I have quite a few books to still go. I've made it past the Vampire Wars, which I think is like volume five. I think I have like three more or four more volumes to go. I have just ordered um, the current run of Eternals. So I ordered the first trade and the second trade isn't out yet, but I'll probably just get a few issues to catch up on that. And of course, we talk about X-Men now. So we have Judgment Day. And before we give our judgment of this setup, which I have a lot of opinions about. Yeah, me too. Let me give you the premise. We start off by basically explaining who are these teams, when they started, where they are now. And then I don't know how much of this you understand, but um, we have the Eternals talking to a young version of Odin and referencing the Avengers. Do you understand what's happening? um the like some old school avengers yeah yeah so basically in jason aaron's avengers run since the very beginning like there'll be like two or like three or four regular issues of the avengers and then 10,000 bc which uh, is like okay. the first avengers which remember correctly is odin the very first phoenix host which of course is a redhead woman yeah. that odin's actually in love with for a little bit um thor's hammer he has it but can't lift it and gets really mad that he can't lift it um the original ghost rider who rides a mammoth nice the first iron fist woman who was banished from kun lun and became the iron fist that's like kind of like a fuck you uh i feel like there's another oh the very first star brand i don't know how much you know about star brand I don't think I know much about Star Man. Uh, a cosmic character imbued power okay. by a cosmic force. Okay. Basically. And it was given, if I remember correctly, to like a caveman character who's like now he's more like the Hulk of the group, but he has like cosmic powers. Yeah, okay. So I'm not up to date on where they are currently, but that's what the 10,000 BC of uh Avengers. Okay. And they actually did call himself Avengers, who I thought was kind of a little yeah. 
Yeah, no, I yeah i didn't know about them but like i got the premise that like yeah i'm, I'm i wouldn't be surprised if odin had himself some avengers too yeah um that's where they basically hid the fact that they you know how the uh the celestial in eternals was like in the earth yeah in this story this actually came out of jason aaron's story because right okay. now their base is a celestial that's coming out of the earth in the arctic sticking out that's their base right now oh okay so again comics imitating the movies i think it's gonna be their base like when that scene happened when he was frozen sticking half out i'm like oh they're doing the avengers base yeah that's what it is now so that was really clever but in this story it's one that they couldn't beat at the time so they kind of just stuffed it in the earth Fair. And then it was coming out and it was crazy and whatever. It was like infected or whatever. So in this story, we have an eternal talking to Odin saying like, you see that monkey, it has powers. It's a, it's a deviation from the course of this planet. And we're just giving you a heads up that we're going to kill it. And he's kind of like, you're asking if you can kill this pointless monkey. He's like, well, we're not asking you. We're kind of just giving me. you a heads up. And he's like, well, I don't really care. Like, it's a monkey. Like, why should I give a fuck? But, like, yeah. also, why does it matter if that one has powers? Like, oh, well, you know, it's a deviation, which is their only motivation, apparently. Um, so then we cut to the Avengers fighting a monster in the city, and the Eternals show up. Icarus and Cersei show up, and they beat the fuck out of this creature. And they're like, hey, thanks for coming and helping us out the Avengers. Because Cersei used to be an Avenger, like, in the late 90s, I want to say. Yeah, during the amazing. George Perez run, RIP George Perez and oh. Neil Adams. Yeah, no, so sad. Yeah, very sad. But I'm happy, especially for George Perez. He really went out the way he wanted to. Yeah, and he got to see every, all the accolades before he died. You know, he got yeah. to see what he meant to so many people. Yeah, it was nice. Um, so when they beat this creature, they both say again, very like I, I want to read the current run of Eternals because I want to see maybe I'm missing something, you know, but. They're both very robotic about yeah. how they're like, nope, well, we had no choice. It's a deviant. We had to fight it. Then yeah, she says here, we Eternals have duty coded in every molecule. It's most irksome. Yeah. Like that kind of thing is, I don't know. I, I felt like, is that where we're going with this? Then we cut to Kokoa where Cyclops is being reborn. I don't know if this is supposed to be when he was killed during the X-Men. Maybe. I think it's that. Yeah possibly oh maybe yeah uh or well he's popping like, out one of or it the, could be like the very beginning remember when like they went like the uh house of x stuff i don't think is so he, just because it's well actually no maybe you're right because he's still dressed as wolverine logan yeah. is dressed as wolverine in like yeah. the brown costume he wore in the beginning so maybe you're right so unknown to them there is a very sneaky eternal using invisibility to hover in the background and watch them so now the Eternals know that the mutants have solved death, which makes them eternal. No, that's at it. best it makes them immortal. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. Um, then there's like, well, basically, they've deviated too much from their path, yeah. and now we have to wipe them out. So before we give our opinion on that, we have one more story. Um, I'm using comicsology, so I'm kind of just like trying to slide to it. Where I'll give like the gist of it, where they're talking to it's not Mary Jane, is it? Oh wait, I don't know if I Oh the Oh, I don't think I knew there was an X-Men one in here. I never <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll give you the, the cliff note of it. Uh 
basically I, yeah that's mary jane yeah mary yeah. jane oh i did read this yeah yeah my yeah. bad yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about krakoan pharmacy and going to the hellfire gala and we get like glimpses of what happens when x-men and mutant uh, and avengers fight and how it would go and we see like rogue being killed by captain marvel very poetic um captain america's shield being folded on his head you know just violence craziness and then mary jane is attacked at her house by the evil robot moira who's gonna take her face and go to the hellfire gala clearly because that's what she does classic moira for some reason now yeah yeah that's right i forgot all about that (laughs) yeah it took me a second i'm like oh who's this oh that's fuck that's moira isn't it god damn it so let's talk about this i don't care for this if this is the setup i'm not really super comfortable with it but i haven't been super comfortable with it from the beginning anyway so i'm sure we'll especially our next episode when we talk about avengers with x-men and how that really went downhill fast after starting promisingly i'm happy that at least this story seems to be one writer yes unlike that other book that has like 15 writers but it is concerning that the best they can come up with is they're deviating too far from the path of other humans. So now we have to kill them. Were they not deviating when one touched the Phoenix force and killed thousands of people? I know. Were they deviating when they made Krakoa or when Xavier can access every human's brain and made Cerebro? Yeah. Why is this the deviation that goes too far? It's like the immortality of it, I think, is what they're is is what they're trying to lean into but like because they they basically now they've gone against nature in that way like so but like they have they've always been immortal they fucking come back from the dead all the time yeah there's there's literal immortal there's a whole team of immortal mutants that hang out they're called they got a very similar name to you all yeah (laughs) like so i know i as a long time comic book reader I get their need for a mid-year and a summer event book. And sometimes it's good, sometimes bad. Lately, we've had a lot of good ones. King in Black was really good. Um, War of the Realms was really, really, really good for the Thor story. But there were all stories. All the best events happening lately were things that branched off ongoing books. Yeah. So like War of Realms was branching, was the finale of Jason Aaron's Thor run. And yeah. the King in Black was the finale of Donnie Cates' Venom run. And it was all earned. It didn't start in that book. It started two years ago within the yeah. book, you know? Now, events that are popped up solely within that event are the ones that worry me. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you ever read Civil War 2. No. So when Civil War, the movie was coming out, of course you got to make Civil War 2. Yeah. Written by Bendez. You know, someone very similar to Mark Millar who wrote the first one. And I have a love-hate relationship with Bendez. Yes. And that was the hate side. It was a <laughs> god-awful money grab that meant nothing. Yeah. And I'm just concerned that the only purpose for Judgment Day is to take away their ability to be reborn. Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned that it's the exactly that and that they're only doing it to make the eternals more mainstream for yes. because of the movies and also 
if this is a setup, I feel like it should just be a fight between mutants and Eternals. But now we're going to have the Avengers who are probably going to be like, hey, Eternals, chill out. But also mutants, chill out. And now we're caught in the middle. But we're definitely the heroes because we're the Avengers. Yeah. To me, though, the case could be made that like the Avengers are like letting this happen. You know, like their friendliness with the Eternals, their... Like the fact that the original Avengers were just like, fine, kill a bunch of mutants. I don't care. Like in yeah. this book, when Cersei was like talking about the monsters and she's like, she says something like, you know how we, you know how we like our, uh, our mutate, you know how we feel about mutation or something like that. Yeah, that was a, that like, was a weird line. And the, like, and the Avengers were like, yeah, that's stupid. Like, I don't know, dude, maybe say something. Hey, that's not cool. Yeah, we have like, mutants here, and they're pretty cool. They have their own island. Yeah, like, thing. They're not all kaiju monsters. Why don't you calm the fuck down? And again, wouldn't certain superheroes within the Marvel Universe be considered deviations? The fucking Century is a god. Yeah. The character of Century is a god. That's not a deviation? Isn't oh, every yeah. MCU superhero a deviation? Yeah, it's it's really stupid. I don't care for it. So I hope this gets flushed out more in the actual first issue, and this is literally just a teaser preview. But if this is the full motivation, there's no secret motivation, like a bad guy's manipulating the Eternals or something like that. If this is the full motivation, it's fucking stupid. It's from a good writer. I, that's what worries me. Like, I the only reason I had hope in this book was because of the writer. Yeah, like it's weird. So yeah. I'm 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 holding off judgment of judgment day. Yeah, I will too. But I'm concerned. But until then, I'm trying to catch up on both Avengers. I'm trying to catch up on a lot of Marvel stuff. I really think Marvel, I feel like Marvel and DC within the comic book world kind of swing back and forth in quality. Like yeah. there was a big group of gap of time. I didn't read any Marvel stuff and only read mm-hmm. DC like during new 52 rebirth era. Yeah. And lately I feel like DC's just has no direction. And like most of their books just don't pass the Batman stuff. A lot of their books just don't make sense. Yeah. The only, the only stuff I kind of keep up with is Batman. I, I, I am going to try out this dark crisis thing, but see, we'll see. That's the kind of thing you used to get excited about. I'm not even excited about, I haven't even started reading that. I'm so behind on other events that happened before that. And this new flashpoint event, the I love you know, I love Green Lantern. He hasn't had a good book in a minute, yeah. And it's yeah. a lot of stuff like that. They just killed the Justice League, and I don't know the context. The Flash isn't that good anymore, like just a lot of stuff in, in the DC comic book world. I'm kind of waiting for the next big reboot to kind of jump back in, fully. yeah. Which yeah, the sad. Batman stuff has been good though, yeah. And right now at Marvel. Donnie Cates and uh, kind of like a little little refresher for everyone listening if you're interested in we're, other comic books. We're running really long right now. We are, yeah. Part yeah. two. Um, real quick, right now, Donnie Cates on uh, Thor and Hulk is really good. And they're doing yeah. a first crossover called The Banner of War. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Captain America has two books, one for Sam Wilson, yeah. one for Steve Rogers. And I just read yesterday the Sam Wilson one, and that might be my book of the week. It was really good. Nice. And it started with the Captain America Zero issue about who's Captain America. And mm-hmm. the whole book is them going, who cares? We're both Captain America. The end. Yep. Boom. Fantastic. End of story. Um, we have a lot of good stuff like that. Jason Aaron's Avengers run right now. Where I am, it's really, really good. So there's a lot of good options. And Spider-Man, the new issue one, 
came out last week by Zeb Wells, who did Hellions, and we loved Hellions. Yeah. So it's Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. I still haven't finished the first issue. It was like halfway in. I haven't. I, 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 I have it. I just haven't given it a read yet. Yeah, so I go out there and definitely, like as much as we love X-Men, go out and branch out some of our books if you want recommendations. If you like recommendations every week, I'd be more than happy. I read different books every week. But I would definitely say, for now, read the, the Captain America Zero issue <clears throat> and then the Sam Wilson issue. Right on. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been on a long episode. If you've made it this far, thank you so yes. much. My um, non-X-Men recommendation is Batgirls. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. A, there you go. That's yeah. been a really fun series so yeah. far. I want to jump on that one, too. Um, quick shout out to uh, Brian Says, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, uh, we read your message and it made our day. That was- that was so cool, man. Yeah, really cool. Really, really cool. And you're listening guys, now. Uh, thanks for taking us on your jog with you or, or whatever you're getting up to. <laughs> definitely. Uh, thank everyone for listening and commenting. You know, when we get that nice message randomly, it's weird in a good way. And we yeah. really appreciate it. We appreciate everyone who listens and comments and rates and reviews and gives us your thoughts and prayers for whatever happens next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> on that then. sunny note. <laughs> Josh, where can they find you? Well, you can go on Twitter. I'm at Xbrary, and it's librarian with an X. What about you, my man? Where are you going? Well, if you want to see me without my shirt off, you can find at OnlyFans, Madman3005, where you can see everything. If you want a scandally clad picture of me, it's going to cost $57. Ooh. And yeah. I'll do it for $55. I got screenshots of all of this. <laughs> You're going to undercut my pictures. <laughs> Yeah. So on Twitter <laughs> at Madman3005. And man. until then, on this long show, I hope you guys enjoy. Actually, matter of fact, tell us if you enjoy these longer shows <laughs> where we just ramble about you shit. You gotta get life. us out of here, man. You gotta no, get no, us no, out. I'm gonna do this on purpose. <laughs> I, one of us wants to eat dinner too. Let's go. Let's go. I already ate. I can be there all day. Anyway, guys, until then, we will see you next time. <laughs>